I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting FilmSack. You probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit expressvpn.com slash filmsack and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash filmsack. One last big heist. What a great idea. Yeah, Joe knows best. Yes, sir. Joe knows exactly what he's doing. Exactly what he's doing. What does Joe get me? Stuck in a bank called the Alamo, surrounded by the entire Los Angeles Police Department. Look out there. Beavers and ducks. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mine of the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, and we are on episode 464. My name is Scott Johnson. Joined with me today, Brian, the sleepover bandit Dunaway. Oh, it's a bad idea. Mm. Oh, hi. Hi. Thank you for the lovely dinner, Miss Banks. Please don't cry. Mr. Banks, could we bother you to set up the Monopoly board? You the best, Mr. Banks. <laughs> now remember what we told you. We aren't like those horrible sleepover bandits that spend the night with a bank manager and then rob them the next morning. Nope. We're just going to play a little game of Monopoly and we'll be out of your hair. We're the board game bandits. Now hand me the car, Mr. Banks, because I'm always the car and I have a gun. <laughs> now stop crying. Also, you are the banker, Mr. Banks, because duh. Oh, <laughs> so you picked the fancy little dog. No, no. I almost picked the fancy little dog, but I'm sticking with the car. Okay, I'm rolling first, and I rolled a 10. Well, that lands me in jail. Give me the dog. No, you can be the car. In jail? What? I know it's just visiting. Whatever. I'm rolling as the dog. Now stop crying. Your turn was the car, and the car has already rolled. And I rolled another 10. You know what? Just give me the money. Stuff it in this Crown Royal bag I stole from your liquor cabinet. Don't bother with the ones. Come on, hurry up, Mr. Banks. Uh-huh. All right. So thanks again, Mr. and Mrs. Banks, for a lovely evening. Oh, look, their mailbox sign says the Ibbots. Boy, did I get that wrong. Oh, well, I guess there are worse ways to spend a Saturday night. 
boom, twist oh. ending, Whoa. epic long intro, and done. Wow. Give me my prize. Wow. I don't even know what to what? say. It's not a competition? No. Whatever. <laughs> it's, <laughs> absolutely, it's a competition, and we give you the prize every week. Yeah, you win every week. Yeah. Yeah. Default standard win. Well done. Exactly. By the way, uh, uh, Monopoly. Well done with the Monopoly. I don't know why you even used it, but it's fine. It's good. Well, it has a bank in it. Oh, it has, it has a bank in it. Got it. Nailed it. You got to right. be a banker. Get it. Uh, all right. Hey, also with us, Randy. He divides his bed with a curtain as well. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Hi. Randy. But as we all know, you didn't drive all the way out here to this hotel conference room 10 miles out of town to make small talk. You're here to learn my patented method for escaping capture by the police. And it's all in my new book, Don't Do Much, a guide to leaving the scene of a crime and carrying on living like a king out in public. You're going to read all about my three big rules. Number one, get other people involved. Mm. Strangers that you meet, rope them in. Old friends who are always trying to pick up girls, bring them on board too. The more people you're working with, the less likely you'll get caught. Number two, use disguises, but don't make them too elaborate. Put on one mustache, wear a hat backwards, <laughs> but that's it. That's all you need to throw them off so far off the trail that you can go to bars and throw money around without being spotted. Number three, do your robberies in a roughly straight line from one place to another mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and spend your time in between those places. No one will ever figure out what you're doing because they'll never believe you're that stupid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> Can't wait mm -hmm. to buy the paperback <laughs> version of the book. Uh, with us finally, Brian Beavers and Ducks Ibbit. Beavers and Ducks. Mm -hmm. and this week <laughs> i watched one of my favorite films featuring bruce willis as an ex-con that gets out of jail and immediately goes on a robbery spree with his partner there's song lyrics that are important there's a love interest played by an actress that has to hide her real accent for the role anyway when i was done watching hudson hawk i watched <laughs> bandits <laughs> it felt like it didn't it nice <laughs> nicely done that's very good i didn't see that coming just like the twist ending of this movie. Didn't see that coming either. No. I'd see it before and I forgot the ending. <laughs> yeah. It's really uh, strong stuff. It's called Bandits. It's directed by Barry Levinson, and it came out in 2002? One. One. Sorry, one. one. You just told us it was right after 9-11. You're right. One month after 9-11. Yeah. One month after 9-11, uh, which kind of killed it in a lot of movies that month, uh, mm -hmm. just got destroyed by uh, that event. So a lot of people didn't see a lot of movies that came out then, which is a real bummer because... I think that was probably the reason I didn't see it. It was just wasn't on my radar. And man, did I miss an awesome movie. <laughs> I think Bandits mm -hmm. is great. In fact, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to say favorite film Zach of this year so far. Oh, favorite, favorite, wow. well, favorite, let's, let's say it this way. Favorite, I'm not saying episode of the show. Favorite movie that we discovered that I hadn't seen before on Film Zach. Most enjoyable movie That's you've fair. seen. In a long time. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, well, uh, and I don't know. Film sack. I, I didn't. Yeah, I'm film sack. I didn't expect that. I expected, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I'd seen almost every other Barry Levinson movie ever made. He's responsible for one of my favorite all time movies, Avalon. And I just love it. And I can't praise it enough. And I love Rain Man and I love, you know, Diner mm -hmm. and all those movies are great. Uh, so how this one, you know, I skipped this one. I don't know. Maybe I thought this was like that toys one he did that was real bad. 
And I thought, oh, well, I didn't think Toys was that bad. It's the Robin Williams fun. one. Yeah, yeah. I love Toys. Yeah, it's not great. It's Don't choose, like, it's just weird. I mean, it's weird. You've got to be in the right it. movie for for Toys because it's it it it's has Willy no Wonka. apologies for being out there and crazy. Yeah, yeah. right. I it's prob- like, what if you happen if you follow Willy Wonka for a day? You're I probably mean, right. I, I need to go back maybe and give it another shot. But he just like Wag the Dog, another good example. He just makes amazing films. Mm-hmm. I think one of the great directors. And so Bandits. On the surface, to me, when we first announced we were going to do it uh, and we put it on the list, I went, oh, I don't know. This looks contrived, and it's these actors, but okay, but I don't know. And, <laughs> and the co- and the cover of it looked just kind of, oh, here's Bruce Willis looking uh, Bruce willis yeah. and Yeah, this just, is a typical early 2000s, late 90s looking yeah. heist movie. It definitely looks like poster. that on the outside, but man, you crack this thing open, the performances are great. The story's mm-hmm. subtle and interesting. It has heart. It's also weirdly edgy. It's got like uh, amazing direction, a really great sound work, weirdly, for a thing like this. It's a comedy, but it's not. Um, it's a great heist movie, but it's also something else. Like, mm-hmm. I loved yeah. it. I really and, and liked put, it. And they put Bruce Willis as your headliner because he was probably demanding the most money at that time. But Billy Bob Thornton and Kate Blanchett really, yeah, this they killed movie it. Was them? Yeah. They were mm-hmm. really. It was mm-hmm. about them. They were great, and yeah. uh, maybe one of my favorite Kate Blanchett roles. Weirdly, because she's just mm-hmm. so different in this than she is in just about anything else she's ever done. And yeah. and Bruce Willis is just the right kind of Bruce Willis for me in this and Billy Bob Thornton. I just can watch him do whatever. I like that guy. Well, that guess much. what you did. You you did just that because he did just about whatever. Yeah. In bandits. <laughs> That's true. He kind of did whatever, but it's, it's just a great, I don't know. I had, I had no expectations and I came away going, this is a thing I would not only watch again, I would recommend this to friends and say, Hey, before it leaves Netflix, make sure you watch this movie. Nobody ever saw Cause yeah, it's great. Uh, this is, by another, the way, this mm-hmm. that's a. I just want to say that's a great spot for us to stop, uh, listeners. Mm. If you haven't watched this movie, we're about to spoil really big twists and mm-hmm. and surprises. Like we're going to utterly ruin the experience of watching it for the first time. So if you haven't watched this movie, just pause this podcast yeah. and watch it. Yeah, seriously. And how like, often that, do we say that? We never it. say that, do we? Like we usually yeah. don't care if there are twists in a story and we're doing film sack. Eh, we, who cares? This movie's 20 mm-hmm. years old almost, mm-hmm. but I'm this telling one we you, care enough the, about your, your enjoyment of it to say, yeah. you know, if well, you haven't seen it, this is a good one to stop and yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. Twist is part of the charm of this film. And the one thing I, I think this movie suffered from, and I, I, I got to go back. I'm still formulating this thought, but it seems after like Pulp Fiction, uh, there was a time during the late nineties, thanks to Pulp Fiction that allowed, uh, character movies like this to kind of breathe a little bit because there was a lot of scenes in this film that you could have cut quite yeah. easily oh, yeah. and still pretty much end with the same product. And, but they didn't, mm-hmm. they just well, kept and it. There's- and there's this whole other way of looking at the movie, and I want to—I'm kind of amazed that Scott talked about all the things he loved about it and didn't mention the what I consider the real brilliance of the film, which is the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was shot mm-hmm. by uh, by Dante Spinotti, mm-hmm. and we've uh, we've talked about him before. Where this is a legendary cinematographer that has no business in movies that, uh, of this particular cachet, in my opinion. But he, uh, we last saw him uh, when we watched Heat. Uh, the movie Heat was 
uh, shot by Dante oh. Spinotti, and he's just oh. he's just a genius with a camera. Yeah. Like the first time you see Kate Blanchett in this movie is so good. one of the greatest shots ever put on film. Yeah. Like I want a print of the shot of close up of her face the blue, in, with the blue light and she's yeah, in the black or blue light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's she's singing a, just what's, what's, absolute genius. What's the Bonnie Tyler song? I always forget. Holding uh, out for a hero. Yeah, <laughs> I saw oh, that. The first of two. The first of two. Yeah, the first of two Bonnie Tyler songs probably featured in this in this movie. Yeah. So I guess two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, music bad. was uh, definitely music was definitely uh, <laughs> thank you, Randy. Music. <laughs> right, that was a great joke. Was... I, I hope I, I hope you were I oh, hope I you were it. thinking of it while watching the movie. Yeah, and, I was and holding it. Yeah. I was holding it just for this. Yeah, right that away. Oh, popular music. It was uh, it was well played, yeah. In this film, well, it's so, a, they I mean, use some stuff that's, that that was kind of retro and at the same time kind of perfect for the tone of things. Like those two songs were great. The use of the repeating song on um, I forgot what it was and now, it was, but the one on the on the jukebox. Really, what was that? It was really important to the story um, because it was a way for us to recognize how we truly, usually, on a shallow level, fall in love or in lust with somebody because will find things that are very universal and pretend they are unique and universal to just us two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, that, that song, them both knowing that song. Well, yeah, probably a lot mm-hmm. of people know that song. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and even in, and even in 2001, plenty of people knew that right. song. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the movie is absolutely chock full of scenes like that one where they're laying in a bed with a, curtain divider between them and they're singing bits of a song to each other because it, like that could have been so bad it could have been so out of place and you know it could have taken you away from the the film but it actually uh, like i i actually wrote this thing down that i've been trying to figure out uh like i want to make fun of the movie mm-hmm. because the movie in one way is about the challenges of navigating a modern polyamorous arrangement. Right. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, the script seems to require all of the participants in the poly relationship to be criminals with terrible mental issues. But, (laughs) but, 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 but in scenes like that, you see them, you see their mental issues, but they're not like killing you with it. You're not like, turned away right you know like they're they're being kind of childish and weird but it's subtle you yeah know? it's very subtle that's what i guess you know what you kind of got to the where what i think i like about it the most and i'm, and I'm going to credit levinson for this because he's good at doing this but everything is done with a with a soft hand and, a, and in, a, in a way that is not so in your face so as an example i normally hate it in movies where there's a fake tv news show and a fake tv host who's like you won't believe what's happening in crime right now zip, zip, zip. tune in later for criminals on the run or whatever it's called and i usually hate that this totally worked for me it felt like a real thing that guy felt like he was the real thing and not just not just that on authenticity just the tone that they used they didn't try to overdo it they didn't try to make me think it was like this crazy reality show or something it just worked for me and Wait, I just want to stop. That guy is the pit bull of comedy, Bobby Slayton. Right. So like, like as if you weren't already scratching your head about Billy Bob Thornton being in this film. And like, there's just some weird casting going on throughout the whole film. Yeah. Bobby Slayton had no business being in this movie and he's freaking perfect. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely perfect. He made it work. And that to me feels like a, a, 
a director made a decision or somebody in production was smart enough to know you couldn't just put some loudmouth a-hole actor in that role you needed somebody who was like kind of down to earth and serious about it like and, you couldn't do a robert downey jr with a fake australian accent for example right would have been bad <laughs> oh my gosh dude yes that would have been terrible now you, now you do make me wonder what if it had been tom cruise though yeah what if that had been tom cruise? i mean that worked that worked for for tropic thunder and mm-hmm. i'm glad they did it and there's another example is the more modern uh was it RoboCop where Sam Samuel L. Jackson plays some cons- mm-hmm. TV host mm-hmm. guy? It just that stuff yeah. doesn't work for me because they blow it out too much. They make it too ridiculous. And yes, our modern news system is a little ridiculous, and certainly talking heads on TV are pretty stupid. But uh, I needed that to be grounded, or else I wasn't going to be able to take this movie seriously. And it was really grounded and well done. And and I never yeah. once went. Oh, come on. That's not things they do on that show. I went, oh, yeah, that is kind of what they would do on America's Most Wanted or totally whatever. what they would do. By the way, that the uh, Robert Downey Jr. with an Australian accent was uh, Natural Born Killers. He was the oh, the hard copy killers on the run TV show host. Yeah, see, he that's a mis- also, He also had an Australian accent in one of the trailers at the beginning of Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. though. Oh, did he? Australian? He did, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Weird. Is that like supposed to be a throwback or like a, hey, trick me yeah, out? Oh. Yeah, the, uh, it's, it's, but bunch right. of funny stuff yeah, yeah i uh but i just like that adherence i like the time so there's some time skipping in this thing normally um i can only think of the witcher for some reason as being a bad example of time skipping because they're not really good at it you don't know what you're doing and why you mean you're like doing where it. they where the you've almost got like present time and you see a little yeah. bit of it and yeah. then you do this kind of back in three months ago or whatever. Yeah, but they yeah, don't they do, even do that. They don't even do the three months yeah, ago. Yeah, they didn't even do they that. Just, they, they were just, very they subtle about it. by wardrobe that you're going to understand. And it. They it was figured hard. they were smart enough to know that, that yeah. they're not uh, in, in that. jail and a bank at the same time. Yes. Right. And it's and it's hard. It's That's hard to do well. And the movie does it really well. And it's compelling because I've seen the final bank scene already. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, now I'm mm-hmm. real curious about what happens there. Well, here they are in jail. Okay. Well, that's where this begins, obviously, because they're not there for that crime. So it was easy for me to follow, keep up with that kind of time skipping. And a lot of times that's terrible in movies. So they did a great job with that. Like, I just I just have just praise for this movie. If I had one weak thing weak to say about it for me, it is the three-way relationship stuff was fine. Uh, but in the end, I, I think maybe they spent too much time uh, I, fiddling or just trying to work it out like i, I don't know right. i don't know why that the, I, I didn't like the, that as much but it was still it was still fine but it was a little much i was like okay no we get it that's hard three three ways hard man i get it you know well the writer the writer <laughs> is uh uh harley payton uh didn't really didn't really write anything else super notable uh, but um the right you can really feel the writer wants you to really have no idea what's going to happen after that shootout in the final bank scene like the the it's almost like okay what like you're gonna spend the whole movie wondering does she or doesn't she who's she gonna end up with or or either of them and like you're led by the nose to uh, ultimately believe she's gonna end up with neither of them and this kind of thing like uh, every every part of the the weirdness is designed to throw you off the trail of basically that final scene and i actually regret that they didn't show us the final scene the way they originally intended, which was with Kate Blanchett pregnant because oh. like everything else about that final thing, like they even, 
they even give you the surprise guess who's getting married thing by showing you the bride and groom from behind without seeing their heads right Mm -hmm. like it's like just like everything is supposed to surprise you in the final scene yeah so why not why not explore this sort of weird polyamory you're not gonna believe it uh as it's going anyway so you know make them make them all just weird and and dumb and and fighting i mean part of me is kind of like they didn't i'm kind of glad they didn't take it quite that far with the pregnancy just because it would have i would have been like oh boy now that's a problem and they probably that's probably why they didn't do it because your brain wants to your brain wants to dwell on the complications that brings to the relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't and they, I don't think they wanted us to be doing that at the end of the end we want to be going oh yeah they made it out they're good this plan worked and not only that they're weird his weird cousin or whatever the hell he is is getting married and that's awesome and and all that and by the way I laughed out loud but not f- because it was funny but because it was the best one of the great it's like a gift in this movie when the special effects cousin dude, I forgot his name, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey. Uh, Harvey. Harvey. When Harvey is, when I started to realize what the plan was, and it was and it was all unfolding, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're wrecking that car because they're gonna get out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he comes out, that. he comes out on fire. Mm. Oh right, I right, 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 laughed yeah. so hard, and <laughs> it was more of a joyous laugh because I was like. That's amazing because he couldn't wait to do one of his stupid tricks. <laughs> and it's not just that. It's in Hollywood. The whole thing right. is planned for them to end up pulling off his dream yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. Like they go to that length. Yeah. I loved that. There was something yeah, about that that was like weirdly sweet and satisfying. And I'm glad that worked for you because yeah. I was thinking this felt like. This felt like somebody took a a book. This something. This story seems like something to read in a in a novel, mm. and then for the movie, you would combine characters. So there would be no Harvey Pollard because it wouldn't be necessary. You would stay with our primary characters: Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and you would always like ask yourself, "Oh, she's looking for the perfect man," and this is really being told from her point of view. And maybe Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton are just uh, some kind of weird amalgamation of what she thinks is the perfect man. And I actually found the running time. Like I didn't want to see Billy Bob Thornton have one more anxiety attack. I didn't need it. And so with, so that kind of made me start looking at Harvey and kind of go, do we really need this character? And I kind of want to tighten everything up. Mm. Mm. The big question for you is, yeah, do you think Billy Bob Thornton's character was actually a hypochondriac or was that a put on for the entirety of the ruse? Right, right. I know. I believe I I believe just that felt very honest to me. Like I said, if I was to think of any type of I really feel like even though we believe that Billy Bob Thornton is kind of the center of this story, he's kind of, you know, who's telling the story. I really feel like it was mostly uh, the narrator should have been Kate Blanchett's character, mm. Kate Willer. Yeah. And so I, I think that's how I would have played it. That's how I would have preferred to see it. But once again, it sounds like everybody enjoyed all the Billy Bob Thornton. But by the time Billy Bob Thornton was paralyzed on the floor at the dance at, at the, <laughs> the bar, bar. Yeah. I was like, um, I don't really need any more. I really well, don't need any more of this. And mm. it's that scene that makes me think, okay, well, it's got to be earnest because Right. He's he he would be putting that show on for the other two people who'd be in on the final heist, right? Situation. So mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't think it was part of a long con. I think it was, yeah, he's general, gen, uh, genuinely a hypochondriac and a, and a, no, I would have preferred, those, those I would have preferred to have tossed more of the Harvey Pollard stuff away and have developed a little more about Bruce Willis because they really made his character mm. very two dimensional. And as, mm-hmm. as a result, Billy Bob Thornton really didn't have much to fight against except himself. And well, every, everybody's got mental issues, right? And- uh, Joe's mental issues are that he's a kind of ruthless uh, criminal, right? <laughs> right? Like he's uh, he's clearly got a broken moral compass, mm-hmm. and so you're supposed to spend the whole movie refusing to trust that character. Like I just don't believe that character is going to come through in the end and do right by all these other people because he's a criminal and he's not a great person and so on and it's like like with every character you can you can make that whole construction with harvey you can make this whole construction right he's a little too dumb for this he's a little too distracted by women on the street for this right yeah. mm-hmm. and, and and so on and i really like that about the movie like yeah. i really like that i'm glad that harvey got some screen time here and we get to <laughs> see like when he comes out of that ambulance Oh my gosh! I know, I'm so excited. I just mm-hmm. so excited for him, and as as a character right. that they barely <laughs> developed, because you know Dunaway's not wrong that Harvey just you know he he wasn't there very much, but I think the performance was subtle enough that I bought into it, and I was happy for him when it happened, and then also happy for him when he finds this girl who was a total hottie and way out of his league, by the way. Yeah, January Jones. <laughs> oh, was that God, who that was? Oh, yes, okay. Jones. Yeah. You I, said you told me on on uh, uh, TMS. Oh yeah, she's barely in it. Yeah, like, she's barely in. I but think... I thought she was somebody. I thought she was the girl that was dating the or the the girlfriend of the kid that they first broke into that teenager oh, makeout oh, session. No, that's yeah. the girl from Riverdale. You're thinking uh, of uh, my bad. A- a- Azure Sky. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's who, okay. See, I've got my I've got my. Your weird named uh... <laughs> <laughs> my weird named actress people mixed up. All right, so, Jan- so this is like January this Jones. Is like January January Jones early appearance. Like she doesn't really become a thing for a, a decade, and then suddenly she's in Mad Men. She's in Last Man on Earth, of course. And God, mm-hmm. please watch Last Man on Earth if you haven't watched it. Uh, she's like she's so, such a small thing here, but the movie takes enough time. To let you know that she exists, she's involved. She's clearly fallen in love with Harvey, right? Yeah. She's like, mm-hmm. she's in it with them, mm-hmm. and like, I just really appreciate that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like my it. main my main problem with the Harvey character is they never gave me enough to make me think he went from the bumbling idiot we saw at the very beginning and throughout the film that suddenly he could pull off the perfect uh, heist movement. Uh, at the at the end, I I never saw the character develop. They never implied that the character developed. I mean, we've seen him practicing a couple of times, but mm-hmm. nothing to really make me think that he had finally he honed his together. skills enough to be able to pull off the right the fire suit, the squids, well, that's what, the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you're describing the risks that the movie takes. The right. movie risks you losing the plot, yeah. right? Because a lot of things have to happen that you don't see. In order for you to be surprised later, yeah, you know, right. like they have to plan all this stuff. They put really complicated plans into motion in front of you, and those planning, all that planning took place, and you didn't see it, right? Right, right. and that's risky because that can make you dislike the film. You're yeah. not being told the truth. I, and I and I totally don't know. I get where you're coming from. He's underdeveloped, and it's also just so, so. Therefore, it's like, well, you probably could have compressed what he had to do for the for the team 
into those other guys somehow. But I also think it was important for the final twist of the movie for me to see that it wasn't a three-way marriage being performed in Mexico. It was his. And that was just like a final like, oh, yeah, you guys got me again. Nice job. You you fooled me like four times in this movie. And I'm not used to getting fooled in movies. Like I'm pretty, pretty quick to the, you know. Like We've people, seen enough that we know the clues that they usually set up for that sort of thing. And, and yeah, like speaking of Bruce Willis, he's he's famous for being in one of the most twisty movies of all time. And and uh, I see dead people or freaking what's it called? <laughs> Can't think of it. Well, Sixth Sense. And I so see dead people. You, know what I'm about. <laughs> you know that movie I see dead people. And um, anyway, I love that he was in another movie where I got to like kind of be a little confused about how stuff went down. And I don't know. There's it's it's a it's a director thing, I think. Barry Levinson knows my knows how to pull my strings, and I fe- I felt his uh, presence in this in the same way I feel it in every movie I've ever watched of his that I've enjoyed. It's just there's something about him uh, yeah. that that I think that this movie sits in 2001 quite nicely. We talk about how films uh, age. For me, my desires in 2001 to see somebody as interesting a character is what Billy Bob Thornton was putting out there. We hadn't really, we hadn't seen anybody do that in a while when he came along and he did seem smart and clever. And I, I probably would have enjoyed that exploration in 2001, but today I'm, I, I don't know if I'm just geared for more of a Kate, Kate Blanchett uh, type character exploration. And I really wanted to see, you know, why she was being so manic, why she felt so repressed and, and that's probably the story we would tell today, but uh, but so I, I think in that way, two thousand one is the right place for the bandits and I, or bandits. What a year! Like mm-hmm. that is yeah, the great. year that so many series of movies got started. It was the first Harry Potter movie, the first Ocean's Eleven movie, mm-hmm. the first Fast really? and Furious movie, the first Lord of the Rings movie. Mm-hmm. Like so many of these big tentpole things were happening in film. And at the same time, you know, 9-11 happened yeah. and lots of people were saying things like, are, are we going to go to the movies anymore? <laughs> and this kind of stuff, you know, so like. Do you remember the, the first movie you went to back after after 9-11? Spider-Man, I, I think, was mine. I think. The first Spider-Man movie. But that would have been uh, that following May, so it was could have been. No, didn't they have like a bunch of promotional stuff where he was between the twin towers and they had to like? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they totally did. Oh, you know that's what I'm. That's actually what I'm thinking of. You know what I did see? Obviously, I saw other stuff. I saw Lord of the Rings opening night, and I saw um, Star Trek Nemesis the weekend before that. Mm. So I think about three weeks after 9/11, I was back traveling for work, Mm. and um, I had to pass through Houston. I had like a, a four hour layover and my uh, dad and stepmom at the time or dad and stepmom lived there at the time. And so they met me at a movie theater um, near the airport and we saw rat race, which was uh-huh. uh, an interesting film to see, you know, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of airplane hijinks or helicopter hijinks and stuff going on. But for the most part, it's Wasn't pretty it like a mad, mad, mad world. Kind it's of? absolutely an updating of it's a mad, yeah. mad, 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 mad. It had world. what's yeah. his name in it, right? Of uh, uh, the, all of those, uh, gosh, dang it. All of the, what's their names? No, the, the comedian, uh, the British guy did the, Yes, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Yeah. Him and it had a John Cleese, had uh, d- uh, not not Rick Moranis, but uh, Dave Thomas, Bob yeah. and Doug Dave Thomas, uh, had Whoopi Goldberg, Kathy Bates. I mean, it was a... Weird. You know, again, coming out like Bandits, if it had come out at any other time, it probably would have done a lot better than it did, but its timing was just so bad. Yeah. And 
It's probably why we see so many theaters quick to say, yeah, uh, we're going to delay our movie a whole year right, <laughs> right. right now yeah. with, the, with the pandemic going on. Yeah. Holy poop. Shrek, the first Shrek movie, 2001. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. That started then too. Beginning Jeez. of a series. Wow. Telling you, that was the year. Yeah. Uh, my first wow. movie uh, that I saw after uh, 9-11 was Zoolander. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I still haven't uh, I seen that. Zoolander. Should I do that? Oh, you've never uh, seen Zoolander? Nope. You should. I would. I would think I would. Yeah, you don't have to see it, but I think you would. I think you would probably. Uh, you probably understand some memes. It would probably help you with a few memes. That's okay. about it. Okay. It is of a type. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like, you gotta go with that type. I, that's interesting. I mean, I I, I like. I, there's nothing about the people in it I don't like. I just. I don't know why I didn't. If you if you find yourself saying, "Man, I wish I had more time to watch all the stuff that people are recommending to me," then really Zoolander shouldn't be the first thing you go to. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a really good point, point. and that's funny that you. So, so it's funny to think about all these movies that performed poorly because of the timing. You know, a month after nine eleven or whatever, yeah. and they still had to release these things. These all feel like movies that m- might today might even just be straight up hey netflix gave barry levinson a bunch of money he's making a movie he really wants to make called bandits and it's with these people and he made, he's doing it for netflix directly kind of like scorsese did with uh, his new thing like it, that that's this kind of movie to me i don't know that this even gets made for theaters anymore uh yeah. given how it's made it's it's made like it's made not in a hey we're gonna do the most blockbuster pleasy way possible it's made in a kind of Hey, I'm going to make the film I want to make with the writing I want to do and with the people mm-hmm. I want in it. And I feel like those today would maybe that would be a Netflix right. original film. Or this that would, would, end this up would definitely on fall on uh, Netflix now. This reminds me a lot of the movies during the late 90s that were uh, that ended up on straight to video because the budget was just right. I mean, there was plenty of movies like Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. movies that went straight to video during that time where he was like, you know, a dad who was also a bank robber. Yeah, and uh, it's just best kind. Yeah, yeah. This, this, like I said, this, this elevated a little above that with a little bit bigger budget. Yeah, bigger budget, and at the time, probably bigger names. Um, yeah. I mean, Kate Blanchett was just really getting going. Her, she was just barely starting out. She yeah. was like what two months away from Elf Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had done her Oscars uh, a nomination. Did she win? I don't remember for um the Queen thing that was in the nineties, late nineties. She did. Mm-hmm. So she was a known quantity, but she was just getting started with like her mass appeal. But gosh, dang it. Let me just say this one more time. And I know I say it every time we do a movie with her in it. <laughs> She's so freaking great and so attractive and so great and perfect in everything. Always. There's just nothing I can't watch her in. She's so freaking great. I'd love mm-hmm. her. I'd love mm-hmm. her. And look at her now. She's our age, Brian. Ibbett. Just a, she is just as old How did as that we happen? are, months, like a couple months older than us. Yeah. yeah. And she, and she looks amazing and it's not she all does. plastic. It's, it's those Australian, it, it's whatever they do to the human body in Australia that makes it like never yeah. fade, crack, sag, blister or, or <laughs> wrinkle. I like the blisters in there, but she's just so good. And she's so I don't know, compelling. She's one of the, I think one of the great movie stars of our modern time. And it's fun mm-hmm. to watch her in a thing that's nearly 21 or 20 years ago. And that's also crazy. It feels really weird to say that, by the way, <laughs> like she's, she's years. about the only thing that's good about the, this movie that came out last year or earlier this year called where'd you go Bernadette, mm. um, which I, I talked about on uh, recommendals because it was uh, streaming on one of the services. And 
it's worth watching only for Kate Blanchett because she she's fantastic in it. But it's basically about a a wife who not really has had enough, but just decides that she wants to go on one last adventure mm-hmm. and kind of kind of like this movie splits off from her family and yeah, kind of <laughs> except I, I, except her her husband isn't a dick in uh, right? yeah. like yeah, they one. made him such a dick. Yeah. I want to I push be in Spain, so yeah. <laughs> I want to push that uh, a little bit farther down the trail because um, that's a that's a Richard Linklater film, and if you like uh, the way Richard Linklater picks up a camera and walks around with it, and and captures people in in the real world, uh, you're, that's a great movie. Mm. Like Where'd You Go, Bernadette, mm. is is just a perfect little example of what link later can do mm. and billy crudup is always good mm-hmm. i don't know if, if Kristen like wig or... is uh manic and and yeah. crazy in this yeah, yeah. i like uh, I, I, think I'm... I think you're underselling that movie it's all it's right a real all right I'll, I'll sell a little bit more yeah. david pamer <laughs> Lawrence fishburne steve zahn oh, i mean he's got a great cast steve, steve zahn i could watch him god i love him he's like one of my not enough steve zahn i agree world. what's going on with that yeah. how come steve yeah. zahn's yeah. not he, in everything he was gonna kind of that same trajectory that Sam Rockwell had, right? Where he's just right. basically never, never maybe the, the, except for moon, like the absolute center focus of a film, mm-hmm. but, but playing these side characters that elevate the main characters, right. that sell, that, right. you know, that support the, the, the top build. Yeah. Actors and and he's so good at it. And Steve's on same way. And he's so mm-hmm. genuinely funny. Like that dude make me laugh in anything so i'm i'm yeah. i'm with dunaway like we need more zon yeah why more zon, please. like he's and, still and, with and, us and, let's and do it one more thing about link later like if you don't like before sunset and before midnight and boyhood if you don't like boyhood like you're not going to like this movie at all yeah. like you you will hate this movie. well brian you love like, boyhood right like you're a big fan of yeah. i really like boyhood hey yeah i don't know if it was my favorite movie uh of that year what 2017 2016 yeah. yeah 2017 yeah um but i did really enjoy it yeah I thought mm. it was. I thought it was a really cool. Well, we should actually say it, it's like your favorite film of twenty two thousand three to twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because yeah, you actually what, see this kid. What else up. is in that category? <laughs> uh, seven up, fourteen up, and twenty one up, and oh, <laughs> that I used to love that series. That that you know how so Brian, you're always teasing me because I have like a a thing with like age and years and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm always yeah. obsessed about it. That documentary was made for people like me. Because you follow these kids, the Up series, you follow those kids from, what were they, seven when they started in the 60s? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they do it every seven years, and they're up to their, those people are in their 60s or something now, or 70s oh my maybe. God. They would, yeah, they would have to be. Yeah, yeah and it's I'm infinitely mouth. fascinated by that. <laughs> because I've seen them as little kids, and then I saw them as teenagers, and then in their 20s, and all the stuff they went through, and then now they're old, and what does that mean? And their own kids and some of them are messed up and some of them are all fine. And the drug dealer or drug guy turned out okay. And the guy you thought was perfect turned out to be terrible. And I don't know. There's something about that, man. Yeah. I'm trying to see where they, where they left off, where the most recent one was 42 up. It looks like. Well, they're 50 something. I thought, well, they are now, but I mean, the first one came out. No, in... I mean, I think I've seen one where they were in. Their oh, 50s. really? Okay. Six, 1964. So five years older than us. So, 
They'd be 55. They'd be 50. We'd be Well, less. they're older than that because they were 7 and 64. Oh, they were 7 and 64. Right. So, right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So they are 62, let's 62 see. now. 62. Is that the most recent? So oh, it's, I, what's, I accidentally stepped Well, that's on. not a multiple of seven. Well, all right. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> 63, Stop they can it. do. Yeah, but, uh, that's a good point. I'm trying to see all the movies. Where's the movies? This is something worth seeing, by the way. I'm just putting it out there. It's uh, it's yeah. unusual. I had to go to a box set on Amazon to find it where you can get 7 up, uh, 7 plus 7, 21 up, 28 up, 35 up, and 42 up. Yeah. And then this whole time you've been talking about it. this amazing epic of document documentary. Just I'm, All I can think about is national security because I'm still stuck on Steve's on. Right. Sorry. Uh, and and I, I just I, I want to apologize. I stepped on raising the issue of Kate Blanchett's husband, who is uh, you know the portrayal of selfish carelessness, and uh, that was as close as the movie got to losing me with the comic relief. Like mm-hmm. I I I didn't I didn't hate it, but <laughs> the husband behaving like he did was close yeah 63 up by the way came out last year and that is the most recent oh see i haven't seen that one so there is a you did see 63 yep you weren't uh i saw i think i saw the 56 and up but never but i knew there was another one but yeah i want to see that okay sorry back to the thing randy we didn't mean to (laughs) i didn't even know i didn't know take that that detour well i didn't know mibbit and i had this common knowledge of this oh weird y'all should like lay in a bed with like a blanket between you two And then, you know, it can fall down. Get a divided like, room, you two. Yeah. All right, come on. Hey, yeah. so they talked about that, and he said he saw it in a movie once, and he's right. And I was trying to remember what that movie was where they separated a bed. Maybe it's multiple movies. And I was thinking, is it some like it hot, or was it? Was it something like that. It was some, uh, uh, um. I mean, it's been portrayed in several movies. but Like I a Rock Hudson. Right. Uh, I don't shoot, know. Yeah. I don't know what that would have been. And there was nothing in the trivia about it. Like No, um, which surprised me. It bummed me out. Well, yeah. the, the, like, yeah. like it was uh, inspired by that kind of thing or Right. I mean, they yeah. they talked about that that, you know, him saying the line, yeah. "Oh yeah, I saw this in a movie once and the movie ends with the uh, couple right. getting married." Mm-hmm. And it's to set up, you know, Pink Boots and uh, Harvey getting married. Right. And and the movie he's talking about is It Happened One Night. It okay. was It Happened One Night. Okay. That's yeah. it. I almost threw that out there. There you go. Happened one night. Yeah. Never saw it. Was that good? I have no idea. Is that a thing? It was. I... It's classic, man. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. Well, and let's get a. Let's just sna- slap a trope alert on it because. Whoop. Oh, hold on. I, I got that right here. I absolutely love this trope of there's not enough beds to go around. Somebody's going to have to share. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. the most iconic is uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, you, you never, you never forget that. But <laughs> man, I love it. Like. No one ever sleeps on the floor nope. in this situation. Right. Never. Nope. Right. nope. Like, why would you? Well, I mean, that that mm-hmm. that, de- that defangs the whole uh, conflict. So yeah, you have to you have to have them in there. By the way, it happened one night, 1934. I forgot that I went way earlier whole... than. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, Clark Gable, Claudette Colbert. Yeah, Holy I shit. forgot. I, I used to do the American Movie Classics AMC. I, I went through like almost two years where I just watched every freaking old classic that I could. Find. Hmm. I guess this must have been in my list. Here's yeah. here's how old it is. It's so old. <laughs> how that old was it? The, the actor, the actor, uh, father of the guy who played the skipper on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> looks to be the same age as the skipper was on Gilligan's Island. Oh my lord! That's old. That's crazy. When was Alan Hale Senior? Alan Hale Senior. 
Nice. Yes. I wonder what sound he makes if you hit him in the gut with a hat or a belt. No, like sure coconut. Still, oh, little buddy. <laughs> little buddy. Goof. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, Is it uh, golf? I think he says golf. Does he Is say golf? Golf. I, I don't know. Golf. No, he says oop. Isn't it oop? oop. Okay, maybe it's more of that. Yeah. It's like an oop. <laughs> Can't remember. We watched the uh, pilot for Current Geek, and I cannot remember a thing about it. Except that no, the scene. You should have watched the. You need another show called The Last Episode where they get off the island in that movie with. Uh, with who, who, the Harlem Globetrotters? I, Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> that I have seen that, and it's horrific. Yeah. By the way, this is their original theme song. This, this, and it was written by John Williams, of all people. Listen to this. Like that. In tropical sea is a tropic port. Vacation fun is the favorite sport. This is not, I'm not kidding either. That's <laughs> I'm glad that that's not it, but I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's great because the way it gets, the captain is fat and the thing is real, and he just keeps singing. That's and, not nearly as memorable, but also it is enjoyable. for a three-round tour. Yeah, he does. He talks about the tour, how long and how much luggage the howls had and stuff. It's really weird. Oh, that's funny. Really weird. Anyway. Uh, back to this awesome movie. I have some scrutiny. Let me get the scrutiny uh, button out. Hold okay. On. Here's my scrutiny. Scrutiny. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton sa- or says in the trivia, Billy Bob Thornton has a phobia of antique furniture in real life, and the producers wrote it in as part of his character, but that's true of Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know if I believe that. I tried to find any kind of any sort of real thing <laughs> about that, that fear, and there's yeah. no such thing I could find anywhere. I think they made that up. So scrutiny on that. <laughs> you call BS. Right. I mean, that dude wears blood around his neck and freaking. Uh, doesn't mean he doesn't have a. F- I mean, it's actually the people who have wear blood around their neck that probably would have a fear <laughs> of antique furniture. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good point. I hadn't really thought of that. Because <laughs> that dude. I don't have a fear of antique furniture, but I do have a healthy respect for it. Do you? <laughs> I, have that, I have a fear that some of it might end up in my house. Yeah. I'm afraid I might open one of the drawers and some of that ancient air might escape like out of a mummy's tomb and like infect my body with some <laughs> pandemic from 19. 19- Oh, weird. Okay, well, maybe yeah. you're on to something. Maybe there's a thing. This is a real deal. This is a thing, and you're and you're just expressing, uh, you know, part part of the part of what is an actual what phobia. I don't know. So maybe I'm wrong. Didn't maybe say we, why he was a phobic of it. Just said he was. Maybe there shouldn't be any scrutiny here. There's also some cool trivia about Val Kilmer originally considered for the part of Joe, and then Bruce Willis was going to play the part of Terry. So they had this whole switcheroo. Oh no! To go I'm on. glad they didn't do that. First of all, Billy Bob. Thornton was perfect for the character Terry and the way that it was presented. And I really feel like Bruce Willis could have been replaced by a lot. You could have had, he could have, he could have easily have been Val Kilmer. Yeah. uh, Or anybody else of the 2000, early 2000s fame. They could have totally played Bruce Willis's character. Not a problem. I don't think the, I don't think the character really requested much more. So I don't think Bruce Willis was at fault here. I just think that was just. Bruce Willis, yeah. Bruce Willis was almost too affable for the role. Mm. Right. 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 Like there's more than one moment where he smiles or laughs at something and it's and it's nice, but it's almost like, oh, I don't know. He's like, I kind of need him to remain a, an inscrutable criminal, you know, like a Peter Stormara from Fargo kind of character <laughs> yeah. would have been ideal. Yeah. Kind of like a little that. bit more on. Yes. I'm ready to pop off any second. Just ready to exactly. break. Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Although then you probably wouldn't have seen. I mean, it probably wouldn't have made sense. The Kate Blanchett would have been just as attracted to him as, <laughs> as she was to Blue Ball good, good point. Uh, there's some music trivia. Hans Zimmer was the only choice for the music composing at the time. However, Zimmer was just finishing Hannibal. 
which is in 01. He was finishing uh, Pearl Harbor at the same time, which is also 01. And was in London. He'd already committed himself to Black Hawk Down, which is an amazing soundtrack, by the way. Uh, which is also 2001. And uh, that was being recorded in the U.S. So Levinson had to change it. And he said he couldn't do it. So I guess he worked on Rain Man. And that's why they wanted to work together again. Definitely worked on Rain Man. Yeah, definitely. 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 <laughs> he, he's got to watch that. I, I, I thought the, the music in this movie was surprisingly timeless. Like I was mm-hmm, expecting mm-hmm. to to feel oh yeah wow 2001 you got you shouldn't have done that but no they they used uh popular music that was at that time like 15 and 20 years old mm-hmm. right and so it just kind of works and, and yeah. it doesn't take you when away. A beautiful day you choose beautiful day came up i thought no way was that i, I could have sworn that that came out after 2001 but uh mm-hmm. no it came, it came out in 1996 and it's funny because the first concert I went to after 9-11 was U2 at the Pepsi Center and um, would have been there all that you can't leave behind. Oh, uh, right. Tours. That so, was that so tour. Yeah. That, that though, that's the closing song, right? That's the roll. Well, you, hear it, you hear it. You hear it twice in the movie. Yeah. You hear they have it, it earlier in the middle of the movie. And then you, and then it is the credits song as well. You, and you, you got to agree with me. Top 10 uh, sunset and credits songs right oh for sure yeah, yeah. it fits perfectly oh yeah, yeah no i yeah i just put, you're it, not on gonna put it at the end of like usual suspects but if it's like a if it is like your your characters are going off into the sunset like you described then it's a good choice yeah overall just all the choices for for pop music but also having it meld real well with whatever score they had i mean it wasn't like a score mm-hmm. that jumped out at me but it was enough for me to keep mm-hmm. everything moving it mm-hmm. was great um, even the weird, some of the weird, like, I don't know, honky tonky stuff that they were playing in the background kind of lightly a lot. <laughs> Didn't know what it was, but it felt like it was right for the stuff. And right. I don't know. Was, man. A lot of the movies had like a lot of the songs, but picked had subtext to the, to the, what was going on screen, yeah. which I always appreciate and enjoy because it's real easy to get that wrong. And that guy that the banker guy that fainted. I love that actor, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's the jump to conclusions, Matt guy from uh, Office Space. Yes, that guy. I love that guy anyway. But this movie somehow managed to make uh, this obvious pratfall, hokey jokey thing that you would put in a movie still made it work for me totally and completely. I was like, every time he fell and they were like, ah, shit, he's down again. I'm laughing because Backwoods charm, kind of like small town. Yeah, they just Goober nailed it. Kind of thing. They yeah. just nailed that stuff, and it could have been so much worse in the wrong hands. And I don't know. I, I I know I've lavished praise on Barry Levinson today, but I just feel strongly that that dude is the is the real deal, man. And it, he's doing stuff still these days, but you never hear about a major Barry Levinson film anymore, which bums me out because yeah, Richard Real, by the way, is the, the actor's name, and he's yeah, yeah. he's uh, almost Team. Wilford Brimley wal- walrus level, right. but. I, I love him in uh, Grounded for Life. If you've never watched that series, no. Wilford Brimley, what? He, uh, you know, <laughs> I like that. No, he's a. What'd you call? He's got Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley Walrus level. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Wilford Brimley Agreed. Walrus level orange. Yeah. Not quite Wilford Brimley Walrus level red. Uh, he has got. I'm just a rough guess here. About 14, 15 things in pre-production, post-production, filming completed. And ready right. to come out. He's a busy yeah. boy. So he's, he's he's a busy man. Busy. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, he's got this look that it's like we need somebody who looks like that. Well, let's just get that guy because yeah. he's exactly who you need. It's like, hey guys, we need a kind of a aging retired cop. Who do we hire? And it needs to be kind of right. funny. Oh, okay, that guy. Bring him in. Um, yeah, yeah, he's perfect for it. And I feel like I've seen him in a million like cameos on TV and 
He's like, always on TV. I love those Man, character TV characters. Him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, look at how many things he's got in his list. Let's see here. What is his his filmography? Four hundred and five credits in his filmography. Oh my oh, lord! Oh my god! So, he's he's such a funny like, guy. Yeah. Like porn stars don't have that many films <laughs> in their filmography. <laughs> He's well, such nothing. a funny guy, but I see he was in the Young and the Restless for a while. Oh, for like Young and 10 the Restless. or more episodes. Oh, I'd, I'd like to see just that stupidity. Yeah, I wonder what he straight. did in there. What do you think he played? It wasn't some romantic uh, lead, I'm sure. No, like, no, he was uh, the Warden McQueen. I would like to see him play <laughs> The like Warden McQueen? Yeah, yeah, he could easily play a Warden. It's like yeah. any sort of blue-collar job yeah. you need sheriff or deputy or or uh well, he's he's great in grounded for life like i said if you haven't ever watched that i haven't no you never seen grounded never for heard life? of it uh-uh. you never even heard of it never oh my gosh it. well you know uh, uh logue right as donald logue yeah so he's been in a million things but he had a great uh little family sitcom back during uh the early 2000s actually uh 2001 is when it started really? oh wow and, uh, interesting yeah okay so yeah, bad. we just saw Donald Logan something for film sack because I remember talking about the name Donald Ghost Logan. Rider. Right. Ghost Rider, he was yeah. his buddy, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's oh a fun no, I did see that show. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, I just forgot he was in it. I did see that show. That was a great little show. It was a funny show. Oh, it was like a yeah. little they were kind of rednecky and um Yeah, whatever. except they were uh yeah, they were weren't rednecky as much as just low lower they were common low, folk. Low class. Common <laughs> folk. There you go. <laughs> For lack there of a better go. term, Common folk. all right. I didn't know he was in that, so maybe I have to watch that. Oh, show he was again. the dad. He did a great job. Yeah. That. Well, all right. Then. Well done, that guy. Uh, anyway, uh, did I tell you why Val Kilmer couldn't do it? He was doing. Uh, uh, what was he doing? He was in some other movie. Was he doing Tombstone? Oh, no, it's something. Tombstone was ninety four. That was a long time before this. It may have been that the Saint. Uh, no Saint. Oh, the Saint may have been it. Actually, you might be right. Isn't that about two thousand one, two thousand, something like that? Feels like it. Still don't like Could the scene. Wrong. I know you guys like the scene. I don't like the scene either. Whatever. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Here's a fun story. Kate Blanchett starred in The Gift, which was written by Billy Bob Thornton. <gasps> what? Yeah, that came out a year before that. Billy Bob Thornton, a man of many talents, uh, and I love him. Mm, if uh, if you have not heard of the Boxmasters, it's a band that uh, Billy Bob Thornton uh, fronted. For a while, two or three albums. They did one album that was all honky tonk covers. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were doing interviews, and there's an interview that you can find on YouTube, and I can't remember who it's with. Uh, I want to say BBC. What is it? John Gameshi. John Gameshi. It is. So you, you've heard this, and he oh, gets. It's, it's yeah. from, like as far as I'm concerned, it's the most famous thing that Billy Bob Thornton ever did in in, <laughs> in, in real life. Mm. Like yeah, yeah. His basically, John Gameshi is like is like that time that. Uh, that uh Joaquin Phoenix was on uh David Letterman. Like oh, it's like that, that level, level of, of thing. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. He just basically gets angry because the interviewer decides to bring up Billy Bob's movie career and say, Well, what's it like, you know, going from uh, being an actor to to being a musician? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here <laughs> I'm, I'm here as part of this band. We don't want to talk about my acting career. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, and that's the <laughs> and that's the first question and answer. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> yes, question. The so first question and answer yeah. is Billy Bob Thornton saying he's not going to talk about this thing, and then no matter what Gian Gameshi says to him, he's not going to talk. Right? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he he checks out of the interview from the beginning. Yeah, and the, mm. so then it's like nine minutes of awkwardness, right. and it's just like 
it, it will make you hate Billy Bob Thornton if you've never watched How about her. that time you dated, uh, you were married to Angelina Jolie? We're yeah. talking about we ain't talking about that. We're talking about this talking band about here that I'm in. He, uh, so that's funny. He brought up Tombstone earlier, Dunaway, because he was in Tombstone. He was a yes. fat Billy Bob Thornton in Tombstone. Yes. And he yes. was one beating up, um, oh, who, I was beating up somebody while he was trying to run a poker table. And then, right, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. And then what's his name came in and just pistol whipped the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, so Kurt Russell. Yeah. Kurt Russell. That was a great scene. That's my first exposure to Billy Bob Thornton. I'll never forget it. <laughs> but like, like I, I have, I, I'm sure there's probably someone uh, that didn't listen to this episode of this podcast mm. because of Billy Bob Thornton's performance on an interview show with Gian Gameshi. Like it is mm. so horrible it's uh, like it really like you could boycott him for the rest of his career based on this one because he was just kind of an a-hole yeah. yeah well hey i know. don't want to be that i don't want to be that guy yeah i love billy bob thornton i, I mean really, it's like Kristen i really Bale's, do uh railing on the uh the light guy it's it's right. yeah. well i love it's billy bob thornton aside, yeah yeah but but you ever ask yourself it's like oh well how do you end up with her yeah She's pretty attractive. Uh, what do people? What is so? What do the ladies see in the Billy Bob Thornton? Because he always seems to have a. Because he's an auteur, man. He's an auteur. He's like a. It must be because yeah. when I look at him, I don't go. Well, you know, I look at Brad Pitt and I go, well, of course, Angelina Jolie. Of yeah. course, yeah, of course. Well, we that, see takes that. To, that takes you to the most two thousand oneiest trope in the movie, <laughs> and like the, the the tropes, the tropes of this time frame, yeah. even like this, this like ten or fifteen years. And that that is the manic pixie dream girl that Kate is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because filmmakers uh, now have been browbeaten to the point where they're trying really hard to not make films with manic pixie dream girls in them. They're still failing and doing so. Yeah. But like this is like this is like peak manic pixie dream girl. Like yeah. this is. Give me another example. Who who else would we put in that category? Uh, Natalie Portman and Garden State. Uh, oh. Just any good example yeah. any any film where the girl is entirely an object of a man's sexual desire gives herself to him without having any standards of her own and is also perfect and quirky and beautiful and all that stuff like yeah. she's Mel- melanie griffith in that movie with uh, ray liotta uh something wild oh yeah Jump, yeah yeah. I mean, yeah yep that's a great early example once again i i want to go back to the not that I think Billy Bob Thornton's not an attractive guy. <laughs> I just don't want anybody to get. I, but like I said, I don't like to ever like shame. I'm like I'm not really shaming. You're not a body shamer guy. I get it. He's just yeah. He's just not like like I said. You would you would just look at him and go oh well you know he can you know he can totally uh, land well, a supermodel. Yeah. And I flat out disagree with you. Like there there again, it's all about the cinematography for me. But there are shots of Billy Bob Thornton in this movie where I'm like wow. Right, That's a handsome man. Yeah, here, let me send you, you a know? picture of Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I totally get what you're saying, uh, and I and I think I agree with it. Um, right, like when I see Billy Bob Thornton, I kind of like, hey, you know, that feels like kind of looks like me. You know, we're kind of cool. We can hang out together. You know, we're on the same you know uh, level. You know, we're all about a five, right? Yeah, not, like we're not threes or anything, but you right. know, we're five, not, right? right? <laughs> we're not like you know. I, I think that he's these probably got a million charms. Most of them are things Has like confidence and arti- artistic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ambition, dedication and to his craft, and yeah. all that. And he's kind of weird. And you know, if you're in that world, you're like, man, I want to get with that weird that dude because he's doing weird stuff. And you know, he might say again back French fried taters you know, at night or whatever. 
20, 20 years ago, <laughs> a, a film like this was not was, was not required to explain why the woman is doing what she's doing. It just right. portrays her, and she is every man's dream that some you know broken wife is going to just fall into your groin. And, you know, like, it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it comes close to kind of being bad in that regard. A little bit. It's I I could see it. I, I think she plays it well enough to make me go, oh, well, what this is is someone who's trapped in the worst possible marriage loop with this dude who sucks and of artificial life and she can't find happiness. And she's just given herself over to this weird new thing. She's found a new life. And I bought it because she's so damn good at it. Right. If it had been any other actress, maybe less so. But I don't know. Something well, I just want to go her. back to Billy Bob Thornton here for just a second. Just say... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, what he else? must. Be, he's really a talented guy. That's what it must be. It must be he has like <laughs> you know just. No, I'm just saying. There's other <laughs> other things. There's, 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 there's other things. There's other things than just you know physical looks. You know, he's a little bit taller too. So maybe that gives him a few points. Plus, you know, like you said, he is. You know, he's he's quite the talented sure, man. Sure, sure, and, and really smart. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. It's, I'm, I'm just I'm saying. With I'm with you. If, if you're just looking at pictures, <laughs> if that's all you're doing, <laughs> if you're going you're doing, off initial two dimensional look at yeah, this man, original your your initial physical reaction, if that's what you're thinking of, then right. Oh, by the way, major uh, Armageddon connection here. Both these dudes were uh, Bruce Willis and and uh, Billy Bob were in Armageddon. Billy Bob was the uh, government uh, NASA dude. Uh, right. who was like always on the line, going, "All right, now what you need to do is stick it in the, the rear or whatever," and then you had. <laughs> then <laughs> you had bruce willis out there getting the work done so back together at last three or four years later bruce willis and billy bob yeah. here's what made me gross out all right you guys have to guess what grossed me out oh it's easy okay even though as attractive as she is kate blanchett sticking her finger in her mouth brushing her teeth yep that was it ding 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 <laughs> totally nailed it without even trying to hard do it hard it was also gross hearing about how much spit she had thanks a lot bruce oh, willis yeah. don't care right. Just a lot of saliva yeah what do you do? Why and are you it, saying that? Ugh, ugh. And it wasn't really gross when she was just like moving her finger around and brushing her teeth. But when she actually just stopped while Billy Bob Thornton, you know, pontificated yep. for about how many germs on her hand. Yeah. And she just stood there with her finger sticking in her mouth while, you know, she was drooling down her hand. Yeah. And it got to, it's like, OK. Yeah, that grossed me out. I didn't. And I figured some of you guys might say, oh, was it the tape in the car where it talked about vaginitis or whatever? I'm like, no, that's just a <laughs> thing people have. Once again, like Levinson films are gonna have comic relief. Like some of them are gonna be a, a comedy, right? Like or, or a tragic comedy. What do you call a uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam? Tragic comedy? Uh, oh, that's comedy a, in a tragic uh, time? Dark, not really dark comedy. Um, anyway, Barry Levinson knows how to crack a joke on screen, and like there just there were moments in this film where he almost took it too far, and that was one of them. I forgot. For a hot second, he did Good Morning Vietnam, and it also makes sense because he's great. Gosh dang it. <laughs> he's so good. By the way, let's just see what he's up to. Let's see what movie we got coming right What's now. What's he doing? Because you know he's got talent. He's in he's a kind of old. He's got a series called uh he's executive producing a series called The Jury Room, which is almost ready to come out. As far as direction goes, oh, he's also directing that series. Uh something called Sheila is in pre production. Harry Shaft, or sorry, Harry. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry Haft. Sorry, Harry Haft. Whatever this is, is in post production. Uh, something called. What grows bright out the most? Right. 
<laughs> his last film was 2015's Rock the Casbah, and I don't know what that was. Mm. Let's see. Oh, it's a Bill Murray thing. What is this? Yeah, I remember seeing previews for that. Oh, Bill Murray, Bruce Willis, Kate, Kate Hudson, Zoe Deschanel. The big cast, Scott Kahn's in this, Danny McBride. I don't know how this went or how it went down. Yeah, I don't know about it. Probably not well if we don't know anything. What was it called again? About Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. Oh. Rock the Casbah. You know, like the song. Okay. Nobody. No, well, not with, first the, with a K. Oh, yeah, okay. the problem. You have to say the problem was that that the theaters was like, no, I'm not putting that there. I'm not putting that on the marquee. <laughs> I can't. I can't spell Casbah. Says a down a down on his luck music manager played by Murray discovers a teenage girl with an extraordinary voice while on a music tour in Afghanistan takes her to Kabul or Kabul to uh, compete in the popular television show Afghan Star. Oh, I've actually seen this. I remember this. You it, saw this? it had a very short, had a very short time at the theater, and I remember it was on uh, Voodoo forever just tempting me and i was finally like okay fine it was a couple of movies that year yeah how was it seems like wasn't i twenty honestly it was i i think i was doing other things i turned it on <laughs> i think i got this one uh-huh. and the other movie that i remember that i kind of only halfway watched was uh wtf the whiskey tango foxtrot oh, yeah. um so i think it was like a couple of movies that i kept picking up and i was like was halfway watching and it seems like it was well eh. based on the uh, the red carpet photos on imdb they, they even let the uh, homeless people in yeah. oh no that's fred durst oh that's fred durst yeah yeah now you always it's easy to confuse him with the homeless people i get it right uh the humbling was the year before that and i remember hearing about that but didn't see it again it's a al pacino greta gerwig thing that i never saw so i don't i don't know the recent uh levinson is hard to suss out i don't know what to like or not or whatever he's past his prime probably but you know, you do what you can do. Charles Grodin is in that. Oh man, I haven't heard that name. Oh, Grodin. Do you guys remember Midnight Run? We should we should sack oh, Midnight I love Run. Did we Midnight not watch Run. that? No, we That's should sack we... it. We should That's sack. It. We Midnight Run is a classic. I love Wait, how movie. old is that movie now? Because it feels like it was just a couple of years old. 80, how old is it? Eighty date or what? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. What? Yeah. What are you thinking of? I don't know. I remember a Midnight Run, but it wasn't that. Uh, Midnight Run. Maybe it was Midnight Runner. Yeah, 1988 was Midnight Run. And it was amazing. If you've mm-hmm. never seen that De Niro, movie. Groden. Yeah. It's so good. Yafet Koto really good. is in it. So yeah. uh, the the trivia, or maybe it was the goofs on IMDb, reminded me of what could be the chick in the bucket on this film. Oh, yeah, hold on. I got to play the thing. Don't you know it's dangerous to leave a bucket yeah. lying around? All right, go ahead. <laughs> it's the uh, the money that they get away with at the end. You know, they, they can explain away the fact that the... Uh, the ambulance burned up and the bodies were in there. And so there's no trace of, of, uh, the, the Joe and the, you right, know, right, right. Joe, and Joe, Joe and Terry, Joe and Terry. But, uh, what, you know, wouldn't the bank like, well, what happened to the money? Like the, he, they, they had <laughs> mentioned it like it was in the ambulance and it burned up with the other things. But like, why would the ambulance guys do Pick that? Money as it, well? Yeah. That's I, a I pretty good it, question. It's definitely not worth it. Also, there's how were they, were they, how'd they get out of the ambulance? at all in, I, in a tunnel oh i forgot about that stupid <gasps> tunnel oh the tunnel. yeah never they mind we're in a tunnel they they got out of their body bags in the cars and That's drove right. out meanwhile the ambulance kept going with the right i think that i think the husband is the chick in the bucket for as far as i can tell he's still in spain maybe there forever <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. they're forever but if you need to get a hold of him you know who's <laughs> you can reach his people you know who they are yeah you belong at home baby come home <laughs> 
Now I, now <laughs> I just misses you. <laughs> now I just really want to see Midnight Run. That's all I care about at this point. Um, I, all right, I do too. I I think I saw Midnight Run one time, like twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. and I would like to watch it because I don't remember it at all. Great, great Danny Elfman uh, score on that one. Oh, yeah. totally agree. How does that director make? Uh, it makes Midnight Run, Beverly Hills Cop, Scent of a Woman, Meet Joe Black, and then Geely or whatever the hell the name of that horrible shit <laughs> thing from 2003 with uh, Affleck in it. How did that you know happen? What? I am fine. I am fine. You know what? I am. I have always. <laughs> I have always been fine with a director going. You know what? I, I there's a thing that I'm really good at, and I've done it. And now I want to try other things, even though I give crap to Steven Spielberg all the time when he like when he went out on his little uh, AI tour and Minority Report. I give him a lot of crap, but you know, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, so what? So he went. He decided to explore a little bit, even though they're really talented at something. It's really hard to look at somebody and see them really talented at something, yeah. and then flip to something else and like, what are you doing? Yeah, but like normally, normally the next year you get a better thing. Yeah, but he so didn't do back. anything else. He, he stopped you know, at Geely. Maybe he was uh, done. Maybe he was. Just done. I would be done um, too after Geely. It's terrible. Would we ever consider watching Geely for film sack because it is so notoriously bad? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. we'd have to, right? Like, I do like the fact that when you look it up on Just Watch, I looked it up to see if it was streaming before I answered asked that question. But uh, it said people who liked Geely also liked. Uh, <laughs> Battlefield Earth Nothing. and Catwoman. <laughs> no way, dude. Are you serious? People, people were just taking a tour of crap movies. And <laughs> then, so it gets, then, it, then, it gets, uh, then it gets stuck as your favorite. Yeah. The Master Disguise, the Dana Carvey thing that I know you guys like, but I don't like. All I do Steve. not like. Are you kidding? That is a horrible oh, I movie. Think somebody, liked, somebody likes Dana Carvey, Master of Disguise. The oh, Room is listed. Yeah, if man. you like <laughs> Sheila, you like the people also like The Room. Like? Wow. Are they sure about like? Yeah. It's, right. it, is, it is said, the way it's phrased, people who like Sheila also like. I prefer the. I prefer the based on what you've watched. That's how I prefer them to phrase. That would yeah, be better. Yes, they exactly. do it right. Uh, By the way, I was thinking of Midnight Special from 2016 when oh. we were talking about Midnight. Room. How's that? Was that good? I I liked it. It was really. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I can't think even what that is, but I'll take your word uh, for it. Th- there's a kid with uh, with with special powers, and uh, they're on the run. Oh and, uh, yes. That looks like Adam Driver in that photo. It you, is Adam it is. Driver. It is. Yeah, Michael. Oh, uh, I remember seeing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon. There's in uh, it. alien yeah. stuff at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember oh. hearing about this, thinking I should check it out, and never did. And it's on Hulu right now. Yeah, I've seen this, and I think I talked about it on Recommendals, as a matter of fact. You know, I have a Michael Shannon rule. I see it if he's in it. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I it forgot about be, this. Is really oh, good. is he in it? Yeah. I'll see it. If it's a piece mm-hmm. of shit, I'll see it because he's in mm. it. He's the main guy protecting this kid is uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah. So I love him. Oh, I have seen Midnight this Run. This might as well be a Michael Shannon film because yeah. it's that, it, that much of him in it. For sure. Mm. All right. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? There's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Did you know this? Well, many of us are stuck at home. It's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So this week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix, Star Trek Discovery on Netflix UK, 
How about Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Netflix Canada? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Netflix Australia? Black Adder on Netflix UK? Oh, I love me some Black Adder. It's so simple to do. You just fire up the Express VPN app, no matter what your uh, computer platform is. I'm on a Mac in this particular case. Change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. See Express VPN, hide your IP address, and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. That's a lot. Do you love anime? Well, they let you have access to Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. <laughs> Get it? But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows and do it ridiculously spat fastly, speedily, speedily. That's a better word. There's never any buffering or lag. I tried it multiple times. There was none. You can stream HD and no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. You can watch what you want on a personal device or on your big screen, wherever you are, wherever you want to. You just do it. Anyway, I really like it a lot. I've been pretty impressed with it. And and none of this even goes into the other great reasons why a, a good VPN can help you in lots of security situations. But this is one great reason. Your film sack-like entertainment. Very easy to use. Super simple to set up. I mean, I was up and running in like three seconds. And you can be too. If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show. Watch what you want and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash and do it today. Let's do some clips. I have some clips. Yeah. And they are... Uh, forthcoming. Hold on a second. Soon. Neighbors and ducks. Uh, here they are. I found them. Okay, we're going to start with this one. Uh, this is just uh, a thing. Trap like a rat. Oh, trap like a rat. Trap like a rat. It's just fun the way he said it. Trap like a rat. I almost make a song out of it. I'll get a beat behind it. Well, trap like a rat. Trap like be, a rat. It yeah. can't be his voice. That can't be the thing that ladies like. Is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. This is good. Your your continued uh, investigation is encouraged, <laughs> and uh, also I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So please continue. All right. Here's a radio sound, sports radio sounding guy. This is the guy that Brian or Randy reminded us is a comedian, but he always sounds like sports radio to me. Here he is. Good evening, everybody. I'm Darren Head, and tonight we have an incredible story for you. It's a story that's part soap opera, part crime drama. Story of betrayal and greed. It's part Bonnie and Clyde. It's part Barnum and Bailey. It just seems like the guy should be going, Oh, I can't believe you see the 76ers last night. That was a terrible play. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. He's got like Maybe his... uh, clear your throat. Maybe. Yeah. And then do another take. Yeah, try it again. All right. Well, here's and bit... he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to be a take on John Walsh, right? Mm. The, yeah. yeah. The America's Most Wanted guy. Sure. I, I assume yeah. I don't know that shows that yeah. show felt very fam- familiar in that way. Yeah, felt more like uh, a Geraldo, but yeah, something like that somewhere yeah, in that. That's that's a good example yeah. too. Sure, Geraldo. We found nothing in Capone's tomb. Nice, nice work. All right, here is uh, Billy Bob sounds. It's one of his weird ticks. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, I liked this line. You boned me on the pants, Joe. Here you go. You bone me on the pants, Joe. <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> That's really great. That's not good out of context. That's yeah. not. No. 
good at all. I just love that so line. glad that wasn't prom audio. <laughs> right. No kidding, right? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so here's some more uh, pants reference. Oh, those are wicked pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it because again, comic relief. Like yeah. he, it's a throwback joke. Like a few seconds after the previous one. Yeah, it's great. I also want to give kinda... fat credit to the scene where he's in the first family's house. And they're all trying to eat dinner. And Billy Bob's being very conversational and talking about how she makes the food. The mom cannot stop sobbing, but she's playing along and answering so questions. The kids kind of don't care. Uh, the uh, husband's just the worst. Like, I loved yeah. that scene. Yeah. And yeah. those kids, by the way, uh, Bruce Willis's real kids. Yeah, I Scott. saw that. Did oh, I didn't know the boy was. that The the girl, I knew the girl was. That's funny. Yeah, two oh, girls. Two girls. Both girls, yeah. Oh, was it two girls? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Apple and, up. no, not Apple. What's her name? Tallulah and uh, Scout. Scout, that's it. I always want to say Apple, and it's not. It's, it's Scout. All right. Anyway, right. this yeah, is... Apple is Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Chris Martin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well... <laughs> yeah, but what? how do you say Elon Musk? They were all yellow. Child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were all yellow. Yeah. 12. There's a talk that that's an illegal naming convention in California, and so they have to... They're going to have to not do it. They're going to have to truncate it? Yeah. They're going to have to come up with something better. So... Yeah, you can't put... You can't put numbers or uh, uh, non-English characters yeah. to a yeah. name. Jeez, Elon Musk, you freaking weirdo. Whatever that A. Spell what it phonically. No, he, uh, he's a weirdo. The world today, having to use legal precedents to have your name, your uh, child's name fixed. Exactly. All right, here's uh, one of Bruce Willis's girls doing this. Well, I think something cool that I can do. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a dumb throwaway thing to do, and if you don't see the movie, you won't really get this, but there's something about the way it's done and the tone of that dinner, everything else around it, that just feels good. It's good. Right. It's not cheap. Can't explain it. All right. Uh, this is quite the tape to have in your car. The most common symptom of vaginitis is an abnormal vaginal discharge, often a <laughs> probably from an allergic reaction to mites. Ooh. All right. Oh, I don't know what he said in the middle okay. of that, but okay. This movie was made days before uh, Barry Levinson's generation <laughs> discovered the existence of MP3s. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds about right. It's, and, and and a lot of things. Like, this movie is really, really stuck in a time uh, technologically. Like, just the fact that, you know, they have pagers. There's not, you know. Yeah, like, we have cell phones then, but the, where I don't know why they didn't. They, didn't, they were not well, using them. I, I, I thought they kind of explained that a little bit because Billy Bob Thornton was uh, amazed and he couldn't understand OnStar, which kind of rep- represents uh, people who've been in prison for a long time. They come out in the technologies they haven't been exposed oh, to. Oh, so they're I like, kinda, oh, kinda where's that, that sound coming from? Sure. Yeah. But, but uh, every cop on the Western seaboard doesn't have the technology of a thing called the radio. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's this movie is. It's kind of desperate about tech. Yeah, the tech's a little weird. It could have been from the 70s in a weird way. Except for the music and the modern look of everything. All right, here's um, an amazing Bruce Willis laugh. Whoops, why didn't it play? Here we go. There you go. (laughs) That's so Bruce Willis. Yeah. It reminds me of like, uh, I don't know, something. Now see, I can see Bruce Willis with, you know, an attractive. uh He's got something. Yeah. You just look at a picture of him and go, oh, yeah, totally. I can see him with, you know. It's one of my favorite bits you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Okay, here's Irish something. The thing about Irish hurling is that it's like football with sticks. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love how he's always chewing him out. Stop it. I'm going to keep that one for stuff. Stop it. Yeah. And that's the Billy Bob Thornton I want. Like, I, I want him to be outraged and smart you know yeah mm-hmm. i i like that he's the brains of the operations but he's also a freaking mess there's something great about his and it's him do it's what it's how he did it like i again mm-hmm. in the wrong hands this doesn't work but he's he's very good all right here's uh kate blanchett and she's just being great as always so you rob banks that's impressive what's a little old lady savings accounts and Cub Scout dues and homeless orphan Christmas funds. Is that what? <laughs> Her accent was wavering a little bit there. Though. A little bit. Yeah, uh, she had a mouthful of the, the of the Denver. So she had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's oh this thing. Beavers and ducks. <laughs> he wakes up from his dream. So is there any <laughs> trivia to that? I didn't look it up. No, but, he know, just, it's two so competing uh, college football teams. Ah, in the oh. north northwest. But that's about it. I love how he. How he comes out of it though, you can hear it. Mm, beavers and ducks. So he kind of starts with the mm, so he goes mm, beavers and ducks. Yeah, and then, and then Kate Blanchett later on calls him a, a beaver, and I was like, okay, so yeah, maybe there's some connection. Shit. I think he's just nuts and has weird dreams about stuff that scares him, and mm-hmm. I think that was right. it. Uh, here's some singing. Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Sort of. Now I'm only <laughs> falling apart. Then nothing I can do. Total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure if Kate Blanchett can sing or not because of a scene later in the movie. She can she totally like sing. She faked song. that because I've heard her sing and she's, yeah. she can sing. I was thinking she did a pretty good, uh, yeah. bad job of singing. That was yeah. interesting. All right. Here's gross thing number two that I didn't mention. It's got saliva. Well, we did mention it, but here it is. It's got saliva in her mouth. Well, of course, she's got saliva in her mouth. Everybody does this glandular. She's got more. Really? How much? Why Why would that be a thing you'd say? You'd just say, oh, she's a good kisser. You wouldn't go, oh, man, the volume of saliva in her mouth was amazing. It's like an awful lot. That was the second (laughs) description of a kiss. I I prefer Kate Blanchett's uh, description of her first husband, her husband's first kiss with the open mouth popping to the jaw. Yeah, that was was fun, that little conversation. Here's uh, an oh the antique furniture thing. And uh, antique furniture scares me half to death. I just I really want that trivia to be true, but I mm-hmm. feel I feel scrutiny about it. All right, here's scrutiny. another another weird Bruce Willis laugh. <laughs> so we got two of those. Wow, that was a different one than the first one. It was. Yeah, yep, me... they're close, okay. but they're different ones. And then finally, a great gunshot sound. I love them in movies. I always respect them. Here's one here. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. That was really well, too, because the gunshot and then there was a delay before the scream. It had been real easy to time that wrong, but it felt very real. The movie had great sound work. Never felt like I heard anybody doing ADR. I never felt like weird, off-sounding moments of dialogue where they were in a booth and not in the real place. It just, you know, for whatever it's worth, for a movie like this, really good sound work. And it's 20 years old, which is crazy. All right. Now time for this. Nope. That's not the one. Film side checklist. Bruce Willis should do the long hair thing more. Check. 
I like that. Mm. Scraggly mm-hmm. old Bruce Willis hair is cool. I smell burning feathers. Check. And finally, <laughs> put Kate Blanchett in all the movies. Thanks. Check. All right. Uh, hey, Star Trek Connections. We got a couple. Scott Burkholder was the Wildwood policeman in DS9. He played a commander, and in Enterprise, played Tarek Relius T- Tagrim in a season uh, or a see second season episode called The Catwalk. He also had Richard Really. Re- that's our that's our uh, Wilford Brimley guy. Oh, his hard. He has a hard last name. Uh, Lawrence Fife in this in the uh, TNG played Batty in the fifth episode The Inner Light and in Voyager played Seamus in the season six episode Fair Haven and Spirit Folk same character and on Enterprise played Dr. uh, Jeremy Lucas in the fourth season episode Cold Station 12 so there's that Uh, also Bill Blair was a bank security guard he was on DS9 Voyager and Enterprise played various Cardassians Jim Hadar and Klingons and different Vulcans as well Lots of nice stuff. a variety of Vulcans. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, soundtrack great. I give it a P for perfect for what it is. Just just right stuff. Good calls on all around. I think it was good. Nothing wrong with any of it. Uh, all right. For, uh, Twitter post. This is where wherein you guys say things in 280 characters or less that describe this film to a T. Let's start with Randy. Bandits. Two guys having sex with the same woman who left her husband to be here. And one of them brought his best friend, and that guy brought his girlfriend, and she's inexplicably involved in what you're all doing with each other, just like a Saturday night at Ivan's house. Yes, <laughs> that's where it goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dunaway, bandits, some dialogue soup below my belt and above my knees. My spaghetti's too long and the sauce is too red. I hate it. Do you guys <laughs> smell burning feathers? <laughs> the sauce is too red. I forgot about that kid. Yeah. Sauce is the too sauce red. is too red. That kind My of stuff. spaghetti's too long. I don't like it. Yeah, your spaghetti's too long. It's the nature of spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> Can you cut it up for me, Ma? <laughs> that kid's in trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett. Bandits. Nothing I can say. Totally eclipsed by 9 11. Oh, oh, man. That's so true. Truth, yeah. Brian. Truth. Well done. True, true. All right, for real, here is the alternate titles. These were almost used. It was almost called Die Hard 8 Fake Die. Because get it, mm. they died fakely at the end. Mm. They didn't really die. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. the movie, or sorry, this movie heist to be seen. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh, gosh, that's so. That's just rough. All right, moving on to emails. These came to us to our email address, filmsackagemail.com. Sometimes you can use the website as well, where you just send them on a form there. Either way, Wait, it works. Sometimes you can use the website, yeah, or all the you time. can also additionally use the website. That is a way better way of putting it. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Amy wrote in, says, "Hey Scott and Brian and Randy, the quote from Pump Up the Volume is actually eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark." Mm-hmm. Amy, so Amy wanted to let us yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, Craig Shirtliff wrote in, and I have a question for Craig. Are you the Craig Shirtliff I grew up with? Because I grew up with a kid named Craig huh. Shirtliff, and I'm very no. Curious that's about such it. a common name. It really, yeah. could be any of the Craig Shirtliffs. It I really know at could least be. three. Yeah, I know at yeah, least that's, one. That's like my my buddy Robert Miller. It's, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> just like that. Just like yep. that. Anyway, exactly. He yeah. says uh, the subject is film sack and raw deal. He says a very short message. He says raw deal is just the price we have to pay for enjoying the Terminator. That's interesting because wasn't the true story. is the true deal story. was it the deal because the producers had or no he had a yeah. contract and had to do yep, something yep, okay and and I just want to say again like I said it last week 
I think if you told me, hey, you can watch a movie right now, it'll be the first Terminator or Raw Deal, I might choose Raw Deal. I really I liked it. <sighs> you liked it more than I mean, if you just had to pick, you're saying the there are the two movies on the table. Today, you have to watch today. one of those today. You would take Raw Deal over a Terminator rewatch. Is that is that what you're telling me? I might, yeah. That's it's, intense. I really <laughs> He's like back that peddling. <laughs> yes, probably. Most I likely. Mean, uh, I, just, uh, sure. I just watched Raw Deal a week ago, and I haven't seen the first Terminator in like a year. So there's that's a that's a problem. Watch your like, watch your feet. There's a lot of backpedaling coming over. Look yeah. out! <laughs> I know I'll like, never have to do this for real. So yes. Yeah. Well, let me like check. I say I yeah. like I like what I call small action movies, yeah. and like. Yeah. After we sacked Raw Deal, I went looking for Walking Tall, the rock version, because I just want to like, I like that thing, and and it's all also got that Neil McDonough uh, guy as the mm. bad guy. Oh, oh yeah, I like Walking Tall. Tall. Love, yeah. Walking Tall's fun. We should do that on here. I like Walking. I thought Tall. we did Walking right. Tall. No, we, oh, we did the other one. Uh, run the rundown. Running the short. Run, yeah, running, <laughs> running short. What was it? <laughs> on the, the run. It's the rundown. Run. It what is was it? the the rundown. Oh, the rundown! Yeah. That's it. I bought, I bought the uh, five uh, film pack of Rambo on Voodoo for oh, twenty bucks. Oh, did you now? Yeah, no. I'm watching them backwards because <laughs> the other way seems depressing. I don't know why. That's a great idea to do with a Rambo movie: is watch them all in reverse order. I like right. it. Like I say, any way, any order you watch them, they're depressing because <laughs> Stallone just has this sadistic desire to depress you, but with that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, Arnold has something to say about you choosing Rod Deal over Terminator. This is it. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. All right. <laughs> that's what he has to say. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for emails. Next week, Final Destination 2. Yeah, that's what? right. That's right. We said we were going to follow up with 2, and we're doing it. Everyone says 2 is the best one. Um, we're going to te- put that to the test and watch people die in miserable ways in a uh, movie that's dumb and I'm excited. I cannot wait for this. So, uh Final but I Destination. I thought the last two. one was the Final Destination. There's another destination after the Final Destination. Right. Brian, let me the introduce you to the game series Final Fantasy. And uh same problem. <laughs> Good point. Uh yeah, no, I uh, that is <laughs> like aren't they and some some didn't we find out they're still working on new versions of this or like there's a reboot yeah. coming? There will always be another one coming. I kind of love that they're doing that. Well, anyway, uh, Final Destination 2, that's on the docket for next week. So come back and enjoy that with us. Okay. Uh, Don't forget our website is filmsack.com. And if you want to leave us voicemails, that's always a possibility. You guys are too chicken because I haven't got any Filmsack ones lately. But 801-471-0462. Don't be chicken. Call the line and leave a message. Filmsack at gmail.com is our email address or just use the website for said message sending. You can also find us on Twitter at Filmsack. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. (laughs) We'll we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Ha, 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 ha.